By the time the mid-2000s rolled around, boy bands were seeming to be a thing of the past, and every single one would have a solo star emerge from them once the band's heyday was passed. This trend definitely did not skip over teen R&B heartthrobs B2K when lead singer Omarion emerged in the mid-aughts with his solo effort O. But it wasn't until his sophomore solo effort 21 that he experienced a true mainstream breakthrough with hits like Entourage and Icebox. So brace yourselves for a journey into Omarion's 21 album, and remember, as Omarion has said so himself. Hi everybody, this is Omarion. I am an artist, not a variant. So please be aware, if you just so happen to run into me on the street, you don't have to isolate for five days, nor do you have to have a negative test result. <laughs> All right, no more joking around. Let's get into 21. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. Hey you guys, Michael Kodush here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. First of all, I just want to apologize for taking so much time between the last episode and this one. It has been so crazy, you guys, in my life. I started a new job, so that has been taking up a lot of my time. But I did not forget about you guys, and this podcast means the world to me. So I just needed a little break, a little couple of weeks. But I'm back, and I'm better than ever. So let's get into this new episode. We're going to be talking about Omarion and his 21 album today. Yes, you may realize that it is Omicron virus going on, so I decided to have a little fun with it and do Omarion, since everyone's calling it the Omarion variant, so why not do an Omarion episode, eh? But let's get started. 21 was the sophomore solo album by R&B heartthrob Omarion, and he'd branched out for his first solo record the year prior for the first time since leaving B2K, the boy band that brought him to superstardom. The album 21 was released on December 26th, 2006 by Epic Records and Sony Urban Music. The album's recording came almost instantly after the release of his debut album, which had been released barely a year prior. While his debut was a moderate success and did debut at the top spot on the Billboard 200, it failed to produce a crossover pop hit like he had done with B2K and Bump Bump Up in 2003. The label wanted to strike while the iron was hot and get Omarion back in the studio right away. After all, the competition was stiff at the time. Justin Timberlake, who had also branched out of his boy band Sync to release his debut solo studio effort, Justified, had gone into superstardom, and that's what Epic Records was expecting for Omarion. When that didn't happen, the label decided to bring him back to the drawing board and have another go at it. While 21 didn't quite reach Justin Timberlake level of success, it did earn Omarion his first ever solo smash hit single, so the release of the album was still a highlight in his career. Timbaland, The Neptunes, Eric Hudson, and Brian Michael Cox, basically the R&B all-stars from the era. Epic Records was very clearly trying to ensure that this album was a major success. How has my life changed since um, I've turned 21? I would definitely say... I don't really like to be typical about saying that once you get a certain age, you change, but it is some truth to it, you know? I feel that now that I'm 21, my uh, way of approaching things, you know, as far as my responsibility, as far as uh, thinking things through, I feel like I made a change, you know? Um, I felt like I made a mature change um, in embracing my responsibility and uh, just accepting it. 
you know, it's like when you once you become a man, you have to you have to accept it. You know, Omarion was basically the Justin Timberlake of the American urban market, so they wanted to treat the album as a heavy hitter due to his devoted B2K fan base that followed him into his solo career. This was also the first time that Omarion had a co-writing credit on every single song on one of his albums. Therefore, it was quite personal for the singer. The first thing that I did to symbolize that I was 21 was I went to Vegas. Well, actually, Palm Springs. Um, I went, you know, and I gambled. I got my gamble on. It was nice, you know. I spent, you know, some money, and uh, it was fun. I mean, like to get carded and to have a player's card. Like I didn't know you're supposed to have a player's card. You get your player's card when you spend a whole bunch of money. It was cool, you know. I rolled the dice. You know what I'm saying? I lost, but it's cool. <laughs> I bought myself a Bentley for my birthday. I bought myself a Bentley Flying Spur. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The album's title is quite obvious in nature. It was inspired by the fact that he had just turned 21 a few months before the album's release. Way before Adele did the naming albums after their age thing. Our very own Omarion was doing it first. Ahead of his time, if you ask me. <laughs> there were two singles released from the album, Entourage and Icebox. So why don't we talk a little bit about the singles from this record? I'm very excited to tell you guys about this new company that I've been working with. In our COVID times, you know that small businesses are booming right now, and this small business is one that I can ride or die for. Jaden Collections Boutique. Jaden Collections Boutique has everything from fun accessories like jewelry, bracelets, and masks to keep yourselves protected from COVID, to personalized crewnecks and t-shirts and other different clothing items. Small business mama that is making it happen for herself. If you guys go on her Instagram, at Jaden Collections Boutique, you can take a look at all the fun things that she has to offer and also the link to her website. If you guys decide to purchase a little something, make sure to enter the code PLANET2000 in the checkout in order to get 20% off of your order. That is PLANET2000 to get 20% off of your order at Jaden Collections Boutique on Instagram. We love to help out a small business and we love to see them thrive at Jaden Collections Boutique. Back to the pod. Entourage was the first single that was released from Omarion's album 21, and it was released as a single on July 3rd, 2006. The track was written by Omarion, Andre Merritt, and Eric Hudson, with Hudson producing the song. And there is also a remix that features 50 Cent, which is pretty dope. The lyrics to the song are relatively self-explanatory and similar to the majority of the songs that the young male singers were writing at the time. He's yearning for this girl, this girl, this super fly chick, if you will, to be a part of his entourage, stating that he doesn't care about his usual crew that he rolls with every day, but rather, he wants his girl to be his entourage. The perfect subject matter to make all his young fans with fantasies of marrying him swoon, because that's how we all were with our faves when we were young. Just admit it, guys. You know, it's funny, if you really listen to Entourage, I'm not even talking about my entourage. I'm really speaking, like, the first first day, um, wait, not the first first time, who know I don't, I don't need nobody else around, see, love the way you compliment my style, you know what I'm saying, like, basically, I don't really need an entourage, uh -huh. you can be my entourage. You can be my entourage, you just need one solo woman. Exactly. Oh. The music video saw its premiere on BET's All Access, which was BET's equivalent to MTV's Making the Video. In this decade, as we all know, MTV and TRL were saturated with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Well, BET and 106 and Park were to B2K and Omarion what MTV TRL were to Justin and NSYNC. So the parallels to the way that they were 
promoted were very similar. We see in the Access Granted special that previous member Lil Fizz made a cameo in the music video, putting rumors to rest that the former bandmates were not on good terms. I mean, we have come to learn in later years that that was not the case, but hey, it was good while it lasted, wasn't it? Yo, yo, what up, Access Granted? It's your boy Lil Fizz. Here showing some support for my boy Marion. You know, hopping in the video. It's all love. You know, he gonna come show love in my video. The film video. Come on over here, boy. You know, it's been a while since people seen people, you know, seen us together, and we're doing, we're doing great. Other cameos in the video include Tyrese Gibson and Tommy Davidson. The video shows Omarion trying to get a chance to talk to this beautiful girl that he sees, but he keeps being interrupted by fans that are trying to get his attention. He ends up leaving the party with the girl at the end of the video. Mix in a singing scene against a backdrop and a choreographed dance routine, and you've got a classic 2000s R&B video, ladies and gentlemen. Entourage is actually my uh, first single of my album that'll be coming out in September, and um, I'm really excited about it. It's different for me, you know. Um, Real funky. I'd like to be a lot more involved this time around. You know, um, we're writing, you know, a real entourage. So, um, right along, you know, with uh, the wonderful producer, Eric Hudson. My name is um, Eric Hudson, producer, um, songwriter. I did the um, entourage record. The chemistry between me and um, writer Andre Mara, who actually wrote, wrote Entourage, and oh, we just kind of came up with the record. And just, it all came together. While the video became a big hit on BET's 106 and Park Daily Countdown, it didn't really fare too well on the charts. It reached number 78 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 25 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. The song also reached number 30 in New Zealand and number 58 in the UK. Now, you may be wondering why, with a single that was released in July, why was his album only released at the end of December of that year? Well, that's because the album was originally scheduled for release on October 3rd of that year, but it was pushed back. While no official reason has ever been said, it's assumed that it was due to the lackluster performance of the single on the charts, and the label wanted to try to release another single before releasing the album to intensify the hype. And then we got Icebox. Icebox was an extraordinary song because at that particular time I was just getting in tune with being able to transform like the things that were ha really happening in my life to music. Icebox was the second single from Omarion's 21 album and is widely considered to be his signature song as a solo artist. The single was released on October 31st, 2006, Halloween. Epic Records released the song after the lackluster performance of his first single, Entourage, pushing back the release of the album to Boxing Day 2006 instead of the planned October 3rd, with hopes that Icebox would deliver a stronger demand for the album. Well, it paid off. There are two remixes to the song which have been released to radio over the years, one with R&B singer Usher and another with rapper Fabulous. The song uses a sample of Yasunori Mitsuda's Memories of Green, which features in the Chrono Trigger video game and was co-written by Timbaland, who also has background vocals in the song. And the song definitely has a very crimey river vibe to it, which also was produced by Timbaland. So the fact that Omarion kind of was like the urban Justin Timberlake, even though we all know Justin Timberlake was trying to be black, Timbaland kind of created a very similar sound for the two. So the parallels between the two of them are obvious, especially with the song like Icebox. It was released at the height of Justin Timberlake's powers, as well as Timbaland's powers, actually, as a producer. As this was the time that both Loose by Nelly Furtado and Future Sex Love Sounds by Justin Timberlake were released. So just from Timbaland's name alone, Epic Records thought that it would be a hit, and it was. The song is mid-tempo, which was a musical departure for Omarion at that time. Up until then, he had really only released upbeat bangers as singles. 
The song was inspired by a romantic relationship between Omarion and his then-girlfriend that had come to an end. And whenever he would be asked about the lyrical content, he'd be very vague and speak very little detail about the reasons for the song's writing and production. His girlfriend and he were in two different worlds at the end, and they would collide, so they broke up, and Icebox was born. So Solange and I, we, we have a lot of history when I was in the group. Uh, we did a duet together, and then we also went overseas and toured with Destiny Child. So we've always remained friends and everything. So it's like when you are comfortable with someone, you know what I'm saying, and you know someone, it's like you're bound to have good chemistry. So I always try to do that. I mean, from, from Icebox on, you know, because before then, I don't know what the hell was going on. Still hitting you with the chest pop. So if I'm gonna show you a chest pop, I'm gonna show you the new one. It's called a reverse chest pop, okay? So instead of it being out like this, it boom, it's the other way. Boom, that way. No. None other than Solange Knowles, little sister to Beyonce Knowles, playing his love interest. It definitely caused dating rumors at the time between the two, but Omarion stated that they were nothing more than just friends, as they had met many times over the years when he was a member of B2K and her big sister Beyonce was a member of Destiny's Child. It's a classic 2000s video once again. The camera digitally goes inside of his body and shows his beating heart frigid cold, turning into an icebox, if you will. <laughs> the icy blue heart represents the loneliness that Omarion was feeling and also a sense of his pain. The metaphor illustrates Omarion's heart trapped in an icebox. Think of it that way. Icebox is Omarion's most successful single as a solo artist in the USA, even being certified gold there. It reached number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 5 on the R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, and number 3 on the Rhythmic Radio. Worldwide, it was also a success. It reached number 10 in New Zealand, number 14 in Denmark, and number 14 in the UK. Fast forward 15 years to 2022, and the Omicron variant of COVID has started spreading like wildfire, causing many people online to be calling the variant the Omarion variant, <laughs> even spawning an ice box Omarion challenge where people will mention they have had or even just acknowledging the variant and do a dance to Icebox. It's quite the testament to our times how unpredictably a song from so many years ago and from so many years back can make such a resurgence with the power of social media, particularly TikTok, which seems to have taken over the world. And yes, you guys, I know I have to make a Planet 2000s TikTok. I'm working on it, okay? I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. Reviews for the album were mixed to positive. Damien Scott from Vibe Magazine, which at the time was one of the top publications for urban music, gave the album a mixed review, saying that Omarion lacked range in his performance and that he was never fully in charge, but also pointing out his age and the amount of room that he had to grow. Annie Kelman of All Music, on the other hand, actually gave the album an album pick title, stating that the album's production was top tier and commended Omarion for putting in more input as a songwriter and a performer, even saying that he truly surpassed his status as the former member of a boy band, which I'm sure was the biggest compliment that you probably could have given Omarion at that time, since he obviously wanted to be distanced from his past as a boy band member. That's a great review, and Entertainment Weekly also gave the album a B rating, so it still got relatively good reviews. It was a great album. The songs were classic, R&B, they were great songs, and they were catchy. Besides for the obvious singles like Entourage and Icebox, some of the songs on the album that, at least to me, really, really stand out 
our session, Midnight, What Are We Doing? He also, at the time of the promotion of this album, was talking about a song called Just That Sexy. It's an okay song, but I do see why he was kind of mentioning it in interviews. It was a little bit more risque. And, you know, that's what the girls wanted. They wanted to hear him, you know, calling them sexy and things like that. Like, that was very 2000s. And it's a good song, but definitely other songs on the album were better. But all in all, it was a great effort. I think it'd be a good album, you know. It's, it's, it's a good feeling, you know. Um, I'm definitely talking about um, you know using some different ways to, you know, talk about women. Not necessarily saying, you know, like, I like you like this, I like you like that. Yeah, but, but the song, but it is a song, you know, that's called That Sexy. Okay. So. Kind of like, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Just That Sexy. Now, turn the music down, come on. You want to hear it? Just a little bit. Okay, you want to hear a little bit? Uh-huh. Okay. Give us another air orgasm. Okay. <laughs> Like this. Baby, every time you walk, I get turned on. Switching that thing, do it for me. <laughs> the way you show it's smooth when you say my name. Oh, Mario. to me all night. You can rodeo for me all night. Get up on that O for me, so right. Like it's supposed to be. And then it goes, so why you gotta? To promote, Omarion went on another edition of his Scream tour, with this outing being the fifth installment. Originally, it started as a tour with B2K in 2002, and the Scream tour would then feature a wide array of popular R&B acts at the time, with B2K and later on Omarion solo headlining the show. The tour would go around the United States and perform in arenas around the country. This edition of the tour featured Omarion as headliner and openers Neo, Mario, and more. Omarion had cameras following him around on tour, and he was open about the tour life. Yes, he loved his bowling. I don't really have spare time, but you know, when I do get a chance to chill, I like go bowling, you know what I'm saying? Um, I like to do what I do. Like, I like to go write music when I have all time. Um, I love paintballing. Yeah. That's real fun. You know, video games, all that good stuff. As you said, the Scream Tour, let's talk about the Scream Tour, you're gearing up. Yeah, we getting ready for that. Um, you know, the Scream Tour was, you know, represented as, you know, uh, a young tour. You know, myself and Bow Wow, B2K, you know, that was like our era. You know, the Scream Tour one, first Scream Tour we went on, and it was a big tour. And now, over a period of time, it's really been uh, built up, you know, um, as a real prominent tour that, you know, even if you don't really hear about the artists, if you hear Scream Tour, you want to go check it out. So this time around, um, you know, I'm headlining. Uh, Neo's coming in, uh, Mario, uh, my boy Sammy, uh, who else, um, Jibs, Young Jock, um, and T.I. doing a few spot dates, one chance or so. Okay. Do, you, do you feel any pressure being a headliner? Oh, no, not at all. You know, um, performing is what I do, and I'm really excited about it. Um, the only thing that I am a little excited to see is the other performances, and I mean, it's always friendly competition, and, you know, everybody's going to bring it. And I'm going to put the pressure on, too, you know. I'm going to let them know. Yay, let's go. Oh, man, I see some crazy things on the screen tour. Um, while we were on tour, you know, um, you know, you go you go from state to state every day. You yeah. know, you do a show, say, in Milwaukee. The next day, you're in a different state. Yeah. So you never, um, you never really know, you know, like when you go to uh, your dressing room, it's your comfort zone. You know, we running around there, playing around there. That's what we do. So, you know, we... Um, 
We did a show that night. We drove to the next city. We went straight to the venue. As soon as we got to the venue, uh, when we walked in, there was a girl in her shower. It wasn't like she was taking a shower. It was like she got past the security and everybody and was waiting. <laughs> and usually when we get to the shows, it's early. Yeah. You know, we get there, you know, a couple of hours early to settle in and just chill out. And, um, man, it scared the mess out of us, you know. And she, she came in and she was like, she opened the curtain and was like, Psh. she was like, don't say anything. You know, there's something about seeing him in these clips and interviews around this time that remind me of his age. You know, he really was only 21 years old and already somewhat of a showbiz veteran. Yet, he still had the kid in him, which we see when, you know, he talks about his love for bowling. Even just the tone of his voice. He was so young. Now, me at 26, I look back to when I was 21. I was like, oh my goodness, I was a child. To imagine that I could have been on my second solo album and have already had two, three successful albums with the band before. That's a lot of music to have put out in such a short period of time. So, while he may have... Ex experienced a lot in his young years, he definitely still was a young 21-year-old. Commercially, the album did moderately well and actually had quite a big release week. It landed him at the number one spot. 21 debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 119,000 copies in its first week, and it became his first number one album and his second top 10 album. Eventually, the album would just miss a gold certification, selling around 400,000 copies. So while the album wasn't a giant seller, it is still considered to be a success as not only did it reach number one on the Billboard 200, but it also produced a top radio hit that has clearly stood the test of time as it is a referenced as a highlight in 2000s R&B. So having said that, you guys, I suggest taking a little deep dive into this album and maybe listening not just to Icebox, not just to Entourage, but to other songs on the record. Like I said, songs like Obsession, like Midnight, Made for TV, they're great tracks and really strong R&B songs. Since Icebox is having this little resurgence, I suggest we get those streams up and give Omarion a little moment again. Alright you guys, well it was so much fun talking to you guys today. I promise I will not be so long before my next episode. Make sure to follow me at Planet2000s on Instagram and hit me up up in my dms and let me know what episodes you'd like to hear all right you guys you have an amazing day we'll see each other soon bye